0: All right, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit Get Fit. I am your lovely host, Rafael Matoszewski, and I'm going to try to keep this quick and get the show on the road. Um, first off, just to give an update to everyone, I've never been so busy in my entire life. <laughs> I've been juggling so many frickin' things, and it's really difficult for me to stop my regular stuff. So I apologize in advance if for any reason I am late on giving a podcast episode, a post, or anything like that, just a heads up, I'm sorry, (laughs) Um, but let's get into the topic of the show. I put out a post this morning about um, how the scapula moves in space when you, you know, utilize your arms for a certain motion. Now, um, to give an example of this, one, I would love for you to go to my Facebook or Instagram and look at the post to get a little bit more context, but we're going to play, you know, imaginary as you listen to this, or if you're watching, um, you'll have a little bit better of concept. So, if I am standing, and I raise my uh, arms up, my scapula's angle changes, right? And that makes sense. If I'm just standing with my arms by my side, my scapulas are in one position, but if I end up lifting my um, arms up overhead, my scapulas have to move in order to make room, and you know, um, influence other things for my arms to go up. So, my whole post was about you know, with people that are your everyday Joe that sit all day. And here's a good example: I'm literally sitting in my car in order to keep my scapulas. Say, let's use the term neutral whatever the fuck that you want to make that mean um, so if I had to like sit up straight and retract my shoulders I'm in like perfect perfect posture and I'm using air quotes and I'm in this like chest up proud position you know my scapulas are in a more centrated position if I have to use a term whereas if I'm just sitting normally you know hunched over and around a rounded position in my car my scaps have moved into a rotational position because my actual glenohumeral joint and shoulders kind of going forward like this. So in order for me to lift my arms up overhead, the scapulas have to move freely. In this position, it's really hard for them to do that and I always do this exercise with clients, patients, and new coaches to understand how our posture can influence other body parts. So right now, whatever you're doing, like, go into a forward posture, like if you were on your laptop or your phone working at your desk, and then start trying to lift your arms overhead. You find really quickly that you get to your end range Quicker than usual. Um, if you were, like, say, doing a dumbbell shoulder press, now stand up in better posture, and you know, think, you know, proud chest and um, a neutral spine, whatever you want to come up with, and now lift your arms. It's a lot easier, right? And all we did was change the position of where our scapulas um, sit in relation to our spine. Now. The other thing about this is this compensation pattern happens a lot with you know everyday Joe's. Um, if you get your typical, and I always use this example, the typical accountant that is literally glued to their desk ten hours every single day, tend to have that rounded forward posture. So usually their overhead pressing, if they're doing it in the gym or at home, looks terrible, like they can't get to that full extension. Now here's another interesting like trick. So let's go back to our forward rounded posture with our shoulders. Lift your arms up, yes, there is a restriction. Now in this forward rounded posture, arch your lower back as much as possible and now lift your arms up. Guaranteed, you got your arms straight overhead. Now this demonstrates a compensation pattern that so many people do um, in the gym, right? They're giving them fake overhead mobility and they're compensating at their lumbar spine. Because anytime you arch your lower back, you get fake um, thoracic extension and fake uh, shoulder flexion to do exercises like a barbell press overhead. Now, I'm not saying that you know, this is going to lead to injury because I'm going to piss off a whole physiotherapist crowd or chiro crowd. But you have a higher chance of injury because biomechanically, anytime you utilize your lower back for things that the lower back doesn't do or supposed to do, bad things tend to happen. And, you know, I got a question about this that, you know... Um, how often does this lead to this to like injury and i'm like honestly it's hard to quantify that because they haven't done you know a specific study with thousands of people with all shitty posture that all work out that like there's just too many variables but it's safe to say that when you don't utilize your joints the way that they're designed and then place a load over top of it Then it's going to fuck up some shit. And um my answer that to that person is that like our clinic is attached to a gym. And I would say 90% of the general population have some sort of rounded forward posture with their shoulders and have no business pressing overhead. And anytime the gym goes through a new phase of programming and say there's a shoulder heavy day and there's a shit ton of lateral raises and overhead pressing in the clinic we end up getting a lot of anterior shoulder pain people and it's like well no shit like it sucks and sometimes it's not just the shoulder it's the lower back as well because they're compensating Uh, for the lumbar spine to get more overhead mobility when they don't actually have it. And I tell this to clients and patients all the time every single day. Our body is really good at um, manipulating movement and adjusting accordingly to give you what you need. right? So when I use the functional movement screen and do the active uh, straight leg raise, all the time what I am looking for, I don't even look at anything else in the body. I'm looking at the opposite foot. The moment, like for example, if you were lying down on your back and I told you to lift your left leg as high as possible towards the ceiling until you couldn't go anymore, a couple things will happen. You will find that when you get to your end range, your entire right leg will be um, pointing towards your right side. What this means is when I start people in the anatomical position lying on their back and they have their feet together toes point point, uh, i can't even talk toy wow i'm having a rough time speaking today guys um having your toes pointed towards the ceiling um and then actively getting you to lift your left leg as you get to your end range your body goes oh shit you don't have any more flexibility to lift this leg, so I'm going to give you fake range of motion by opening up the right hip and tilting my right foot to point towards the right um, wall, and that opens up the hip to allow more hip flexion. And you know, if you had shitty hamstring flexibility, to give you a little bit more flexibility to you know lift the leg. Right, our body does this all the time. It will find other ways to move um, if you lack mobility. Right, and sometimes it's a good thing. So in sport, like if you look at the best like running backs in the NFL, right, the way they run and cut, like their body will contort into different positions to get to their main objective, which is the end zone. Like watch slow mo tapes of how a running back runs, right? Like they have to cut all over the place and the body goes into so many different positions and weird acrobatical like things, right? So in that case, that works really well. But Joe Blow with zero hip mobility and shitty shoulders trying to do a barbell back squat, it's not going to go to their advantage. You know, they will be able to squat with um, shitty form to a certain point until something starts hurting or they hit a plateau and they can't go any heavier because biomechanically it's not allowing them to, right? So where am I going with this? With my post, I always try to showcase how one piece of machinery in your body can influence so many things. And. If we take the time to actually address the issue at hand, so many things are going to kind of just fall in place. And I see this all the time when I train clients. I do a thorough assessment. I give them a program designed specifically for them. Wow, I'm having a tough time talking. Um, And then they follow it religiously for like three months. Their aches and pains go away. Like it's not rocket science. And I just had a conversation today with another trainer that I work with, and she was so pumped that um, one of her car accident people that she's training um, was finally discharged today because she was consistent with her training, followed a specific program, and was like, holy crap, I was like seeing physio and RMT for like three years, and just because I started training properly, All like I'm feeling good and I'm moving better. Like, people don't really understand the power of proper exercise. Like, it's one thing to join a class and do a group session, group CrossFit, whatever the fuck you want to do, and you know, sweat and burn calories, but it's a whole nother realm when you have a professional working with you and understanding your history and how your body moves and then utilizing that information and creating a specific program like your mind will be blown how much progress you'll see man i went on a good rant and did not speak properly at all Um, i'm gonna end it there nice and short and sweet highly recommend you go check out that post to get a little bit more context i've been posting a lot of stuff on anatomy because i've been going down this giant rabbit hole and people need to know more about their bodies and how it works so thank you for listening to me ramble you guys are amazing thank you thank you thank you um hit the show notes add me on facebook add me on uh instagram because i post a lot of stuff that's not you know easily viewed and listened to unless you have a physical phone in front of you. Um, Thank you again. You guys are awesome. Until next time.